Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. So just to kind of set the stage for, for my audience who may not know you, I'd love if you could give us a quick, a quick elevator pitch intro of who you are and what you do best, my man. Absolutely. I touch my <clears throat> face a lot. So that's the first thing. I touch oh, my face good. a lot. No. Uh, I'm Craig Fisher. I'm with Allegis Global Solutions. I'm the head of recruiting innovation there. Uh, I've been there for five years. Uh, they are a massive uh, recruitment process outsourcing company in RPO, and they do uh, the MSP side as well. And we work with, you know, Fortune 5 and Fortune 100 companies all over the world. Uh, I have a global title and a global team. Um, currently, I run the uh, consulting practice there for them that helps uh, employers do things like uh, recruitment marketing and employer branding, uh, diversity hiring, campus stuff, uh, and, and sourcing. And so, you know, the, independent of whether we have an RPO customer or not, we go out and work with companies on, you know, uh, their their employer value proposition and and things like that. And that's what I've spent basically the last year doing with Toyota for their financial services division. Um, I've been the global head of marketing. Uh, there's no chief anything in a privately held company, which Allegis is. So I wasn't technically a CMO, but I was the head of marketing. And uh, before that, fun, I was- Fun fact right there. Yeah, right? That not a lot of people know that and people call themselves CEO of their own LLC. I, I, and that's, that's I didn't know. I, I actually did not. I actually did not. I mean, I think I knew that, but. Oh, I yeah. I learned something new today. Uh, and I started out with Allegis as um, a, a talent acquisition leader for uh, tech giant CA Technologies. And I yeah. had under my purview there uh, employer brand, uh, tech selection, uh, lots of software implementations, that sort of thing. And I'm also a consultant in this industry for the last, uh, 15 plus years. I've owned a staffing firm. I've been head of a staffing firm. I've been at, you know, lots of things. And he likes to fish going back 25 years. You know what? Uh, we live right by grapevine Lake and we do, uh, occasionally fish. I had a boat, uh, at forever for 15 years on that Lake until a couple of summers ago when my three boys, got old enough that they're in activities all the time and we just weren't using it enough. I, I love it. And it goes without saying this guy knows what the hell he's talking about. And I had the privilege to sit side by side with Craig uh, on a panel this past September in Dallas. I got to know him. Uh, and yeah. that was a lot of fun, man. I, I really enjoyed that conversation and what we put together there. Uh, a fantastic, um, you know, Different different aspects of the recruitment industry. We had Courtney McCarthy from Mailchimp, who mm -hmm. brought the the in house perspective, and then meet myself and Craig. So it was awesome here. So I want to jump in. You know, yeah. you're doing a ton of these shows right now. I love what you're doing with Lars. That's pretty awesome. Lars is the man. Love him. Yeah. Uh, just amazing thought leadership. Uh, you know, on display right now across the board, whether it be HR, talent acquisition. So absolute kudos to that. I love if you could give us just the overall kind of state of the the talent recruitment industry right now. I know it's a broad loaded question, so we right. could kind of start at that corporate level, right? I mean, it's industry specific. Obviously, there's some industries that are thriving. If we talk about transportation, shipping, the Amazons of the world, that's fine. But right. you know, I mean, let's talk about your world, like automotive, right now. What's happening, man? Well, so. Uh Clearly, there have been some, uh, you know, adjustments in corporations, right? We we know that in manufacturing and uh, you know, things like that, there there's a big slowdown, right? Um, right now, uh, 
crude oil prices are tanking. Like they're uh, negative. Which is, yeah, which is terrible for. It doesn't uh, mean gas is free. But. No, um, but so you know that's that's definitely affecting jobs. And so uh, you know we work with um, dozens of big companies, right? And we've seen uh, layoffs in in certain. Uh, sectors of their businesses across the board. But then there are lots of first responder type companies. We right. work with CVS and they're ramping up, right? Yep. And so there are a lot of companies uh, like that, but all of our hospitality industry uh, customers are, are are really laying just tons of people off, but there's an interesting factor going on. So um, Hilton and Marriott and some of the other companies kind of got together with some of the first responder type companies like CVS and CVS agreed to onboard their furloughed employees into some of these, um, you know, positions that are going to be uh, either warehouse uh, and, uh, you know, packaging type positions and, and distribution uh, or customer service. Uh, and so they have the skills, they have the soft skills, right? they have the soft skills. And they also have the option when all of this is over and their companies are hiring back to go back to their organization or they might end up with a career at CVS. So yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, uh, handshake uh, deals going on here that are, are really interesting uh, and are really going to change the way we work for the rest of forever. It's, it's fascinating, right? It's fascinating. Well, two, two aspects. One, how it's accelerating innovation that was in place beforehand, right. right? Because of the need. And then the new innovation that's coming out. And and we talk about talent and, and the way, I mean, everything from candidate experience to hiring to the interview process. I mean, in a lot of places there were, there were remote interviews happening pretty mm -hmm. much, you know, the whole process was remote pretty much till the end. Yeah. Um, and now it's different. Now it's all remote and I'm having conversations with candidates and we're placing people. I made a couple of the uh, placements in the last month where these candidates have yet to step foot in an office. That's right. So there's one school of thought, right? If you're an employee, you actually want to see a physical office because it does matter, right? It does matter where you physically work. But on the yeah. other side of it too, right? Like it, what's, the, what's the future going to be? Like maybe we don't go back to the office as we imagined it. That's right. right? What, do, what are you feeling from your side? So I think that there will be employers that require people to go back to the office, right? Of course. Um, and there have been employers who required employees be in the office, even when there's strong data that suggests remote workers are more productive. Correct. Um, I think we'll see a blend um, to start off with. I feel like, unfortunately, in a year or two, uh, we'll forget the lessons that we learned in, in large part. I think there'll be a lot of social pressure on employers initially. Um, like, uh, I, I think employees will have a lot of choice uh, initially, but... I'm I'm a little pessimistic about the prospect of us learning enough of lessons uh, that you know we should take from 2020. Absolutely. So I mean, there there there's a couple of things. I mean, we're talking industry agnostic here, right? Because there's obviously some industries where you need to be physically where you work, whether it be manufacturing, mm, certain yeah. types of customers, whatever it is. But if we want right. to get to the core of of human experience in the workplace, it's collaboration. It's face to face, right? There's a value to that, right? There's an energy yeah. that you get from that, and just being stuck at home all day. I mean, yes, you could be productive, but I personally feel that like when you have the opportunity to be in an office, there's an energy and there's benefits that come with that. Now the real question is 
The real question is, you know, there's some companies where it's ingrained in the culture, this, this ability, this trustworthy, the, the trust of their employees, that they trust them when they are working from home, that they're going to be productive. Right. And other companies don't have that. And they just kind of had to get pushed into it. And it's hard. It's a hard pill for them to swallow. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a couple of things at play here. One, companies are going to see that it works to your point and they're going to be more trustworthy and be more flexible. Mm -hmm. Or as you said, they're going to go back to where they were before and pull everyone back in, which could cause a divide because you had you gave your employees a taste of it <clears throat> and then you're taking it away. So yep. it's unchartered. It's unprecedented. If you think about the way that we do meetings now, most of the time, very rarely do we actually all get in the same room to meet anyway. No. It does happen, right? There are companies with lots of meeting rooms, but even at that level, they're hard to even get sometimes because there are other meetings, right? So very often we're doing this virtually anyway with people who are just down the hall, yeah. right? And they're so- They're just it from their desk. You can just walk down the hall, Bob. Yeah. And so I think what we're going to see, we're, we're already starting to see, I, I did a podcast with the head of talent acquisition for Celanese Corporations, big plastics and chemical company, right? Uh, Jim D'Amico. And he said that they're having their daily water cooler uh, Zoom meeting. Yeah. And my team is doing this. It's a meeting that we have, uh, every morning Stand and up. we talk, we talk, yeah, we talk no business. Um, and we talk no virus. So we it's just, all gut check. Yeah. It's all, right. all gut check. And so I think we're going to see, no these, but no virus talk. So you're just really checking on like mental health. How's everyone doing, but not talking about news or, or politics a, or any of that shit. Yeah. We have a fun topic every day. Um, mm. it's, you know, stuck on an Island with, uh, a, a one record or whatever, things like that. And, and it's, it's actually pretty fun. We talk a lot about the team, but I think we're going to see these virtual hallways, basically, right? Mm. The good thing about um, meeting up with people uh, at the office, bumping into them in the hall, is just to see, you know, how they're doing, yeah. how, how, to ask how their family is, that sort of thing. But there's a couple other factors at play too. And I was having this conversation earlier today. Some people a do not have a suitable home <clears throat> office set up. Correct. Some people are in a small bedroom and they can't. So that's not a real reality of them. And honestly, let's call it is some people are not productive at home. Some people yep. are not disciplined. They cannot be focused. They have distractions and it's not right for them. So you go back to what you said earlier. It's about the flexibility. That's and I think right. the flexibility is going to come into play because depending on what state you're in and when things start to open up, it's going to be a mix of emotion and rationale for employees, right? Yep. Uh, for employers, right? The, the, the emotional element where they want to get people back in and then rational does this make sense? Is it logical, right? Can we physically do it? And right. we're going to see the physical office change, whether that be split shifts, you yes. know, maybe team A comes in week one, team two, dedicated conference rooms. You're going to use this room from now on. This is your team's room. Right. That way they're, they're really focusing on it. Um, and then, you know, obviously the hygiene and the cleaning and all that, but where it's going to get interesting, Craig, and we're kind of playing this out a little bit, there's going to be a choice for a while. How long does that choice last till you get back to to where employers are going to say, hey, all right, we're good now. You got to get back in. And someone says, you know what? I just don't feel comfortable with that. Is it going to open up a new can of worms for yeah. you know employee relations, employee law? Like this is scary shit. It absolutely is. And some people are genuinely scared to death, right? And Legitimately. With good reason. Yes, with good reason. And then there are a lot of people out there that – that doesn't bother them at all. Right. And I'm, you know, have always been one of these people who say it'll be fine. Right. Um, in general, I take things seriously, but I'm not, I don't panic about anything. That's just the way I am. But my wife is the opposite. Hmm. And so I have to be real conscious now of acknowledging her feelings as legitimate. And we're going to have to do the same thing with people in our offices, right? We're going to have to be really aware 
And this is going to be an inclusion thing. I mean, uh, it's that's that's where it's, we get to. With it's this. tricky. It's, yeah. it's 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 a delicate balance here, and that's going to put a whole ton of pressure on HR. Yeah. <clears throat> where and and I think it's going to open up. Um, you know the the already growing state of mental health consultants out there, really people that are going to be on site that are almost like guidance counselors from high school. Talk about the coolest and best growing cottage industry right now. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big deal. And I, I, unfortunately, I think we'll see employers nailing the um, the screening and the um, and the cleaning and the space and, that, and things like that. Part. I think that I think we'll see them nail that and say there's no reason, there's no valid reason not to come back here. And and it's different too. I mean, if we're talking about New York City, that's not all employers, of course, right? Right, because like, 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 if we're talking about New York City, right, the, the the majority of people are taking public transportation, which is a huge risk factor, right? Huge. It's one thing when you're in the office where you can right. create a safe environment, but the sheer fact of getting to the office is challenging. So if we take New York City out of the equation or any of the real major cities with public mm -hmm. transportation as your core, you know, method to get to work, it's a different story, and you're spot on there. Um, quick question from the audience here: Ray is asking. Do you think some employers may become completely virtual one or two days a week to save on overhead? Absolutely. I think I think what we'll see is, yes, the stock market will bounce back. And in, let's say, six months, um, we'll probably be at an all-time high, right? But we'll see a couple of drops in the meantime between now and then, very likely. And companies aren't going to recoup, recoup every bit of their lost profit. And so they will see the cost savings um, from what we're experiencing right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I know it's 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 completely unprecedented. Oh man, we, we need to get back to work. I mean, I think it's 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 a delicate balance, man. And and I don't want to get political here, but it really is a question of you know health versus humans. I mean, economy versus you know health, and and that's a, a, a delicate line to walk. You know, the worst that the economy gets, you could say that it's affecting health and, and, and vice versa. Like where, where's the line there? It's uh, it's, it's scary. I hear people talking about the economic virus might be 10 times worse than the physical virus, hmm. which that kind of freaks me out. Um, and the other thing is the physical virus is an invisible smoke monster, right? We can't see it or touch it. No idea which is one of the scariest things in the world, but we can actually see the stock market. Yep. Um, but everything we know about the virus is third-hand information, right? We're hearing stories from- The media spin, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we don't really know what to believe sometimes. And that's that's really tough. It's a, it's a tough one. So a question from my good friend, uh, Tabitha Kavanaugh, Tab the Recruiter. I don't know if you're connected with Tab. She's awesome. Uh, definitely you should connect afterwards. And she's asking, um, she's asking, you know, her whole thing and something I truly believe in too is people over everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and she wants to know, what does that mean to you? And how do you continue to keep uh, people always top of mind, especially now during the COVID crisis? So I think recruiters have always, good recruiters have always been good at doing this. Talent acquisition teams are sort of a people first part of an organization. And I think the rise of uh, talent acquisition in uh, in companies and, and helping HR to get, you know, more ensconced in that seat at the table uh, in you know, the top echelons of organizations are helping companies to be more people first. And so I think we're going to see more of this. I think the compassion that comes out of this will in large part be very genuine because I think the HR teams have had to really struggle and really be on their game 
to help ensure the safety and the mental health and the wellness of uh, of employees you know worldwide that they can't see physically yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete game changer. So I want to talk about recruiters as a profession. I mean, it's tough right now. Companies aren't hiring. Recruiters are the first to go. They don't need them. They absolutely don't need them. So there's a lot of good recruiters on the market. And, and you know, my personal opinion is the good recruiters that are out there, and we're talking about in-house recruiters, mm-hmm. what, hiring is going to open back up and there's going to be a need. The floodgates are going to open back up and yep. they're going to get rehired. Mm-hmm. And it's a real time, you know, for companies to kind of recalibrate the talent acquisition uh, teams that they have. That's right. right to, to really think about it. What are you seeing on your end from the inside? So, you know, I'm in a lot of uh, Facebook groups that are um, charting the furloughs and the layoffs and um, offering resources of companies who are hiring. There are companies that are hiring. And so, you know, working for an RPO, our whole job is to flex, right? When companies right. don't need to contract. hire, right? So we, we, contract with them. And so that leaves a lot of people uh, sort of in the wake. Um, Are there going to be layoffs? Likely at some point. Are we going to hire people back? I mean, I'm not speaking for Allegis on this. I'm just saying as an industry, uh, you know, for for RPO. Yes, absolutely. And so uh, I think in the meantime, you have to be on your feet as a recruiter and, you know, as as a talent professional with what else can you do right now? Yeah. And there's a lot of things. I mean, if you know uh, HR technology at all, um, helping companies, consulting them with tech selection is a big deal. Companies are moving forward. I mean, hiring is still happening. This Absolutely. Is, just because unemployment is up doesn't mean that hiring is not well, happening. Right. And if you look at the breakdown there of who's unemployed right now, you're, you're looking at travel, hospitality, retail, food and beverage. You have to look at what that makeup is. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot of other companies that are still hiring. Um, so two things I want to talk about there. Um one, you know, from a recruiter standpoint is the ability to pivot. If you're a good recruiter and have those fundamentals, there are opportunities out there. You just got to <clears> learn the industry or skill set and pick it up quickly. That's right. That, that's one thing. Um, second thing that I keep preaching, especially from an independent uh, agency recruiter standpoint, we'll call it that, is how could you be invaluable? That's the word I keep repeating to myself, Dally. Be invaluable. Be an asset to my clients. That's Change right. the dynamic and be a valued partner versus a vendor. In their eyes, you want to be a partner. You want to be someone who provides additional resources aside from recruiting. So to your point, is it ATS consultancy? Is it interview techniques? Is it being a project manager as far as moving folks that are currently in process there if they're not currently hiring? Um, Helping the leaders with maybe thought leadership on LinkedIn or some other platform, helping them craft stories, employer branding, all these other things that you could add value. Because here's the deal. And you hit the nail on the head before. Companies are still hiring. So when those doors open up on whatever date that is, do you want to be the company that's stuck at the starting line or you want to be that company that's already been interviewing and now you're rounding third base heading from home and you right. can get those candidates <clears throat> into those seats, the good ones, right? Because there's so much top talent out there. That's right. I know, I know projects are going to get canceled at organizations, but there's a lot of companies who have already budgeted money for things that have to happen this year. And those projects are going to go one way or another. Mm-hmm. And when they do, when they get released, and they're in the planning stages right now. I mean, the the, the meetings are still happening. It's but when down. the projects are ready to go, the hiring is going to happen. And we are going to have to be in a position to, to jump all over that. So if you are a recruiter who has been furloughed or laid off, um, you know, do something uh, to make money, right? You're going to you're gonna get on unemployment for sure. There are other things you can start a small business and absolutely apply for 
um, the the aid that's available. Uh, there, there are things you can do. And when you do, and I recommend this for everyone anyway, start your LLC now because the next time you're laid off, because trust me, this is going to happen again. You got to be good to ready to go. You got to be ready to go. That's right. Yeah. And so you always have that job on your resume from, you know, this date forever forward. So That's I right. always have talent net. I run uh, the largest recruiting conference in Texas in the Southwest. And that's what I do my consulting through. And yeah. that's always my job, no matter what. Right. Uh, and I'm constantly making sure that I keep that up. And that's a great segue into my next question. Let's talk about event marketing. Uh, yeah. You know, it's so funny. I, I keep missing you in, the, in these in these Texas trips by like a day, yeah. uh, but we'll, we'll get it back on there on the calendar. So let's talk about event marketing. That's a staple to your, to your, um, you know, your LLC and your consulting practice. From what I hear, they're, they're pretty awesome events. Some good food and drinks, right? Um, yeah, that's a core about it too. So what have you done? I know you took a big hit here, but what, what, are, what have you done to keep your brand and event top of mind? And what are you planning out? Maybe are you holding off till 2021? What are your thoughts here? So we have two events every year. Um, this year, we were going to be at uh, HomeAway's headquarters uh, in Austin in March. And uh, we've clearly had to put that off. We put it off until June 5th. I doubt seriously we'll be going on June 5th. Well, that's good. At least you put a date out there. Yeah, we could, we put a date out there and, uh, you know, it's all confirmed. So if, if it's possible to get together with masks and, you know, uh, bug spray and whatever we need, it's, you know, maybe we, maybe we end up doing that. The next month is going to be very telling, but if not, we'll do a, a virtual event um, we'll do a live event later in the year there. We'll go down there and we'll do a happy hour in the meantime for all the people that registered. I mean, things will happen. But yeah. our Dallas event was very well placed already. So we're at Toyota in Dallas on November 20th. And everyone who has already registered for the Austin event will get a free, special, private uh, live screening of that event as well as anything Great. we do in Austin. So um, we're going to you know, make up for the lost time. And we're going to have a lot to talk about for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's so many new topics too. I mean, I mean, listen, year after year, I mean, you're doing the programming for these events and you're talking typically about the evolution of technology and recruiting and trends and everything. Now it's, right. now it's talking about how companies have handled it. And there's going to be so many case studies. There's yeah. going to be the good, the bad, the ugly. There's going to be, this is the new way, mm -hmm. right? Like this is the new way we're doing this moving forward. And, and it's an evolution. Um, you're, you're a student of the game. You're, you're obviously pretty astute. What, what has really kind of caught your attention from an innovation perspective in talent nature? I mean, like, damn, like, look at, look at that company's handling things in this particular way. That's something we should really follow and model. That's exactly right. So anything that you see associated with employer brand right now is going to be um, hot business. Okay. Uh, job advertising, all, all the products that help you do that better because the message that we have right now can't be, raw, raw culture, join us because we're the greatest. It can't be that. It has to be compassion, be part of the solution, that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I've worked with the CVSs of the world on how to adjust that messaging. Um, and so any product that helps companies do that better or any service uh, is going to be a big deal um, because we do have to rethink things. And I'll tell you this, Adam, we don't know what the new normal is yet. This yeah. isn't it. This is not the new normal. We're just in the beginning. Right. Of right. And, and, and you think about it too, and you hear everyone saying like how a company responds during this time really is their true colors and their culture. 
That's right. Like it, is a, it is a it is a two way one way mirror, right? Like you're looking into this company's culture and how they're treating their current employees and how they're treating candidates in the process. And we go back to that candidate experience, which I, I meant to go over a little bit earlier. Um, my my mantra is always, even before this, is over communicate and be yep. as transparent as possible with candidates. And now more than ever, let candidates know where they stand in the process and let they know where the company stands in the process and just lay it out for them. And it's also okay if you tell them, I just don't know yet. We just don't know. That's right. As long as you tell them that, that's that's the secret. That's yeah. not the secret. Well, and as tough as it is, uh, it is possible to get by for a while, right? Um, without that job. Uh, if you're an individual who's currently unemployed, there are options to you and you have to take advantage of all of them. Um, but don't get in the habit of applying for so many jobs that you can't keep track uh, because it's a two-way street. The employer has to have good communication with you and you have to be very responsive to those employers when they do uh, respond to you. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go too off on that too, but I talk about it all the time. And now more than ever, if you're a candidate applying, you need to A, be hyper relevant to the job you're applying for. That's right. This is much different than it was six weeks ago when it was a candidate market where candidates could have the pick of the litter. We as recruiters have the pick of the litter. I'm just being straight up with everybody right now. There is some A-list talent. It's almost like a free agency draft, right? If we're doing a sports analogy, there are some out there that unfortunately their current companies couldn't keep them. That's right. And here's what I just urge, and speaking on behalf of some of my clients, now's a great time if you're a recruiter to not poach people away from their current jobs. There's a lot of good people out there. That's right. Like, like start there. Let, let, let's start with the people that are out of work. And I think as an industry, if we could do that right now, it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. And I think you hit on something about being relevant, being hyper relevant. And it, you know, if, even if you're employed, be a big online fan of your company's brand. And if you're striving to get hired by a company, create content that helps them do things better. Do some research, make that part of the LLC consultancy that you start up and post articles that publish your research that you've done about this great organization that you would love to do some work with. And that's a great skill and a great tactic for any consultant in the world anyway. And that's what you are when you're unemployed if you've started your LLC you're a consultant and consultants sometimes don't have a gig going on, but you're still a consultant. And that's where you should be uh, all the time, you know, in the back of your head, no matter what you're consulting your employer and you're consulting to other customers. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's your brand, right? You have to, you have to be mindful of that. So let's bring it home here, uh, Craig. And a couple of questions that, you know, I'm, I'm asking, you know, everybody here. Um, I'd love if you could give me a professional silver lining and a personal silver lining that you're, you've been experiencing yourself over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so uh, professional silver lining. I'm. Uh, we've got these daily meetings with uh, my teams that we weren't doing before, and we're. You know, we did have daily agile standups, and I think we've already proven that we can be agile remotely. That's you don't have to be together to do that. But I think the the personal side of it, uh, and getting to have these, you know, kind of face to face conversations uh, with my team on such a regular basis about non work things is really great. Uh, I'm thrilled for that. And I think it's happening all over the place. And then personally, um, you know, my wife is, uh, she's paranoid. She's a hypochondriac. She, she really uh, gets, you know, gets careful and aware about things like this. Yeah. And, and I have uh, loved embracing that because she's keeping us very healthy and safe here, which is great. It allows you to be a little reckless now. Yeah. No, I'm on that one. Um, and, and just like 
give us like a little bit of optimism, man. Like where, like, where do you think we're going to come out on this side? Like, what is your hope for humanity? Yeah. So, um, I think, uh, restaurants in Georgia, uh, and some other businesses are opening back up, uh, and maybe bars. And, um, um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's massage parlors, tattoo parlors, bowling alleys. And, uh, I forgot what the third one is. I think they're holding off on restaurants and bars for another week or two. Right. Well, and so the Texas governor also announced some plans to start opening things up slowly. And I think the plans are already there for each state. They're just releasing them little by little. And so, uh, I think we're going to see a lot of improvement over the next couple of weeks. I think the economy is going to go back up. We're going to take another couple of hits as people sell off. But uh, absolutely, you know, by the end of the summer, we should be in very good shape. 26,000 on the Dow, let's say. Yeah, I, I, I just want our summer, man. I need some semblance of summer. But it's not going to be the same summer that we know of, right? There's, I mean, That's concerts, right. sports are going to be all different, if anything. Yeah. Um, and I think we have to hold on to the fact of being back together, right? In some semblance, physically back together. It yes. may not be everything we want and dream of for the summertime, but let's hold on to something. Yeah. So uh, there is fun. A lot of music festivals are doing their things virtually um, now. And so the Denton Music Festival, which is a local thing here, is doing a two and a half day thing virtually. And people, I saw Jeremy Roberts post about this on Twitter. They're going to have a backyard party with his family in their backyard with the speakers going and the TV yeah. back there and their hammocks. And, uh, you know, it could still be a good summer. Yeah, I mean, I do. I do a thing with my group of friends. We have we have a group of friends that uh, we go to Vermont every summer with. There's about 200 of us. This call a little hippie fest that we do up there, and we've yeah. been doing every two weeks. We've been doing it virtually, where we have, uh, I think, last time was about 75, 80 people on Zoom, and we had DJs playing, and we had a virtual kind of talent show, and I yeah. blasted the big TV behind me and and the speakers, and it brought you back together, right? It just reminded you of of what's important, and I really hope that we all just take a moment here um, and just pause think and and let's not go back to the old ways right let's just remember everything that we learned from here that's right i the, adam sandler came out with a song that says uh we'll never there's no more handshakes is what it's called and it's oh, pretty, you it's pretty you, funny. Put out, you put out a corona song <laughs> adam sandler did <laughs> well craig it's it's always a pleasure um you know i i appreciate our our friendship our relationship i hope to see you in texas again soon maybe i'll come down in november i, I still got my flight from austin that was canceled yeah so I, got, I got to cash that and definitely want to come check out your uh your event where could folks find you where could they connect with you where could they learn more Yes. Uh, the details for the TalentNet events are at talentnetlive.com. The Toyota event will be posted there soon. Uh, and then I am at fishdogs.com and I'm at fishdogs. That's D-O-G-S, fishdogs on Twitter and Instagram. That's awesome. Awesome, Craig. Thank you so much for your time. Everyone watching, thanks for tuning into the podcast live. We'll be back tomorrow at 1130 a.m. with Dr. Brian Durick out of Miami, Florida. We're going to talk about gut health during the pandemic. I'm switching it up a little bit. We're going to talk about more than recruiting there, too. And then I have a really interesting guest that I think you might find um, fascinating. Her name is Sarah Sheehan, uh, and she co-founded a company called Bravely. Uh, that really focuses on the mental health of employees and they're, um, they're kind of like a subcontractor. They have a whole cool thing going there, an awesome platform. I'll hook you up with that. Craig, thank you. Take care. Be safe. Everyone out there, wash your hands and we'll catch you tomorrow. We'll be back. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever, but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon.
jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.